Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. The days are getting longer and warmer, and the float and canoe season is here. School's going to be out in a few weeks, and everybody's going to want to get outside again. We set records last year of people going to the outdoors, many for the first time because of COVID. Well, we're still dealing with COVID, and a lot of those people that started new outdoor adventures and habits last year will continue to do so this year, and I'm sure they'll be bringing more people along with them. Well, one of the most popular outdoor summertime activities in the Missouri Ozarks is floating, rafting, kayaking, drifting down the rivers, and we've got lots of them here in the Missouri Ozarks. Crystal clear, spring-fed, cold water streams, and there's no better way to spend a hot day in the summertime than floating down one of these rivers. And there's a great book in uh, put out by the Missouri Department of Conservation called A Paddler's Guide to Missouri. And, boy, this is a fabulous book. I've had several of, of them over the years, and they've been updated. And you can pick these up at most MDC offices, and you'll find out that a lot of the float outfitters also have them in their uh, company stores so that you can pick them up. And uh, they're a great guide. List all of the rivers in the state of Missouri, and they've got maps uh, shows all the put-ins and take-outs and a lot of other information that uh, you'll be able to use, particularly if you're a first-timer. And I'd like to kind of address the first-timers today or those who don't have a lot of floating and camping experience on our Ozark streams. But uh, you need to always have a plan. Uh, I know it's fun just to kind of do something uh, just on the spur of the moment, but when it comes to floating, particularly if you're going to spend all day on a river or stay overnight and maybe make a two- or three-day trip, uh, there's a lot of planning that needs to take place. And you can use this paddler's guide to Missouri to help you plan your trip because it it uh, explains a lot of things to you that you need to know. And uh, you can use this uh, paddler's guide, and it'll... Uh, direct you to people as well that can help you with your float trip, such as uh, outfitters. But uh, use the maps in this book uh, to help you first decide which river you want to float, and then you can pick a river and work from there. But outfitters generally rent canoes, kayaks, and rafts by the day, and they charge usually an additional charge for hauling a boat uh, to put in and maybe picking you up. But if you're renting your canoe or raft from the outfitter, usually that cost is incorporated right into just one one charge. Uh, but anytime you take a river trip, leave a float plan with somebody back home so that if you have trouble, come up missing for a while or whatever, uh, or if you don't show up at your appointed time, they can begin to uh, make phone calls and uh, let authorities know 
what you had planned for the day or the weekend or for three or four days or some people float for a week at a time. But anyway, you need to have an established plan that you've left with somebody back at home so that things can be taken care of if you do have problems. Deciding when to float is a big factor in most people's plan. Of course, most people like fishermen are fair-weather floaters. And the three summer months are when our Ozark streams are the busiest, but that's a factor you need to take into consideration. Do you want to float among, uh, you know, dozens of other people, or would you rather have a little solitude? If you want the solitude, you're going to have to plan your trips during the middle of the week because there's fewer people out on the rivers. And of course, weekends can be extremely busy, but a lot of people like the party atmosphere, and there's nothing wrong with that either as long as everything's kept under control. But most of our Ozark streams can be floated year-round. Now, sometimes in the summertime, some of the smaller uh, rivers and streams, particularly if uh, rainfall uh, has been scarce, uh, the streams can get rather shallow, and you may do a lot of dragging, in particular canoes, which are a little bit heavier. And that's no fun at all. So be sure and check with outfitters before you plan a trip and get out on these streams in the in the summertime because they've got all the latest and greatest information and always willing and happy to help you out. But uh, you can float uh, pretty well all, all year round. I prefer myself uh, floating in the fall and uh, winter and very early springtime. That way I avoid most of the crowds. But I still take the uh, occasional float trip in the summertime with family and and friends. But uh, it can become extremely hot in the summertime. you got to be prepared for that as as well. So uh, do your homework, study up, and then put your trip together. But a lot of people get themselves in trouble by taking too much gear along on on float trips. They overload a canoe, and if they get too heavy, uh, boy, it makes them harder to control. And in some cases... Makes them a lot easier to tip over, uh, and everybody has their own ideas about what they should take uh, along on a trip. Uh, but in general, bring what you take on any given camping trip, but just try to do it in a lighter weight fashion because again, you don't want that canoe or kayak. Of course, kayaks really limit what you can take. Uh, but most overnight uh, Floaters and campers will bring some type of a small camp stove. Personally, I use a small backpacking stove that works extremely well. A lot of people like to bring a tent. Sometimes I take one, sometimes I don't. I've been floating for almost 50 years, and quite often I'll just flip my canoe over, put my sleeping pad and my sleeping bag right up under the tent. And if you're worried about rainy weather, I carry large plastic bags and like big garbage bags and I can actually split those and drape them over the canoe and secure them with rocks and I've slept through pretty good rainstorms and stayed dry that way because being on the gravel bar uh, the water's going to drain through the gravel pretty quickly but you do have to beware uh, beware of storms and because uh, sometimes these rivers and creeks can come up uh, pretty quick like so you need to always have, wherever you camp having an escape plan so you can get to higher ground should a river or stream flood but that good camp stove be sure and take it along if you want a tent try to keep it as small as possible yet have room for your yourself and whoever else is going to sleep in there and your sleeping bags and air mattresses and an ice chest is an important item to take because particularly out in hot summertime you know you want to keep foods good and fresh uh, 
there's no fun getting a little food poisoning or sick at your stomach while you're out on a trip. Now, a lot of people like to bring folding chairs as well, particularly if you're going to have a campfire. And, boy, I recommend it. Campfires are great in the summertime. But just small folding chairs, and, and I actually bring along a kind of a reclining camp chair and actually sleep in it a lot, lots of times and just uh, throw a tarp or my sleeping bag over me. And the tarp is nice because it keeps the dew off of you. But uh, you can also use those chairs to put in the bottom of your boat or your canoe and then place other gear on top of it. Because climbing in out of a canoe, you're going to uh, bring water into the canoe. And if your gear is sitting down on the bottom of the canoe, it's going to get wet. So these chairs, sometimes I have very small folding tables. They make great items to put in the bottom of the canoe and then put the rest of your gear on on top but be sure and uh, load your canoe properly you don't want too much weight up front or your nose is going to be down it's going to make it much harder to to control that canoe and i like for the front end to be up just a little bit and uh, that that way it makes it much easier to uh, steer the canoe as you're going downstream but whether you um Expect to just take a short afternoon float or float on a several-day journey. There's some essentials that shouldn't be left behind. The key is to be safe and to enjoy your time out on the river. Uh, get a comfortable life vest, and it's wise to always wear a life vest. I see hundreds of people ever summer floating without life vests, and some of these streams you know, have some dangerous spots in them, maybe deeper water. But you don't want to flip a canoe over or fall out of the canoe without having a life vest on. And if you're going to float a lot, invest in a good quality life vest that's comfortable. So often I see children out on float trips begging to take their life vest off because they're, they're not comfortable. Well, again, spend the money, try to get them a little more comfortable life vest, and make sure they keep them on. Because tragically, we hear about drownings every summer on these rivers, and quite often it's uh, younger children or somebody going without a life vest. So get get good life vests. Water. Of course, you're going to be on the water, and we often don't think about dehydration, but it's very important to keep hydrating, and you need to take in at least a, a gallon of water every 24-hour period and sometimes more than that. And a lot of people like to drink sodas and beer and all sorts of other things while they're out on the river. But uh, alcohol's not a good idea because it will make you dehydrate uh, quicker. But take along some Gatorade or whatever you drink that has electrolytes in it and keep replacing those fluids as you lose them. Because dehydration can, uh, boy, cause you serious problems out on the on the water. People get dizzy. Sometimes they even get angry, and those are... Uh, good signs of uh, dehydration. And so drink plenty of water, take plenty of fluids, and uh, drink them uh, every hour. Be sure and drink some water. Food, boy, that's a, a big topic when it comes particularly camping out on the streams. Some people like to, uh, again, that's where a lot of weight gets involved, but you can uh, take along a lot of high-energy foods such as trail mixes, peanut butter, or granola bars, you know, to scatter Use those throughout the trip to keep your energy levels up. But, uh, hey, eat some good food while you're out there. I actually wrote a column for over a decade for an outdoor magazine out of St. Louis called The Gravel Bar Gourmet. Uh, 
had hundreds of recipes I used out on the river. And I like to camp a little bit early just so that I have time to cook good meals out on the river. A lot of times I'll have uh, uh, grilled steaks the first night. And if I've been fishing, maybe grill some fish to go along with the steak, kind of surfing turf thing. And I also like to throw some apples wrapped in foil, uh, core the center and put cinnamon and butter down in there and just toss those into the coals. And boy, does a good old roasted cinnamon apple ever taste good on the riverbank. And I'll usually do a few extras because the next morning I make cinnamon apple pancakes. And boy, are they ever good too with a hot cup of coffee early in the morning. But take some dry, warm clothes as well. You might think, well, it's summertime and I'm not going to get uh, cold. But if you've been in the water and a lot of the temperatures in these uh, Ozark streams are, you know, 60 degrees or less, then uh, you can uh, get hypothermia pretty quick-like if you're in this water very long. And, of course, late in the afternoon and evening when the sun begins to go down behind the hills, you'd be surprised how much cooler it is in the shade, uh, even if uh, you are dry. But if you're wet, you can become chilled and get hypothermic pretty quick like. So take some extra clothes, you know, have a change of clothes in a dry bag or a plastic bag, uh, even including dry socks and shoes, because, boy, if you want to be comfortable in the evening, uh, if the wind picks up or something and you're damp, you're going to feel it, and it's going to make you miserable. So just plan well and take uh, an extra change of clothes and socks and light shoes as well. And dry bags are available at most of the sporting goods store, and, boy, these are great investments. I've got some I've had for 30 years, and they're still serviceable. They look, yep, they look a little rough. Uh, they've been all the way from Canada to Mexico and on many float streams in many states, but they're still functional. You can uh, clean these and take care of them, and they'll last a long, long time. And you can get them in all sizes and colors as, as well. Some people like muted colors. Some like bright colors. Well, you're you're in good shape because you can uh, find them all, and you can get bags just small enough to carry just a few items, or you can get bags big enough to put two or three sleeping bags in and other paraphernalia paraphernalia as well and it's a good idea too to pack some kind of rain gear you know a sudden thunderstorm boy can really chill you i mean some of these uh, float outfitters you can get just thin plastic stuff uh, for two or three or four dollars which is a minimal investment and it'll keep you from getting soaked but uh, quite often these things will make you sweat too so you don't want to keep them on too long but if it's uh, cooler times of the year you want to take a better quality rain rain gear another great investment another little tool that really comes in handy while you're out there just one of these big old-fashioned sponges you know you're getting water in the boat and sometimes you get so much water it, it with the weight you already have in the canoe it will make your craft difficult to paddle and steer so a large sponge you can soak up uh, water like that real quick and get rid of it and certainly don't forget the sun protection sunscreen is available in lots of stores pick it up keep it handy throughout the summer float season because boy getting sunburn out there again can i've seen a lot of trips get ruined because people would get sunburned so badly during the first day of their float they were sick by that evening so Take the sunscreen, wear a wide-brimmed hat that keeps the sun off your face and your ears, and, uh, boy, it just makes it uh, a lot more comfortable out there. Carry some kind of uh, small first-aid kit as well. You can get these things. They're very compact. We'll have the basics in it, but, you know, sometimes a small 
injury when you're out in the wild country can become a major issue. So take care, uh, pack the first aid kits, and be ready to go. Be safe out there. And always remember, the first thing you do is leave a plan with somebody back home. Hey, I'd like to give a shout-out to our good friends and buddies over to Hoosall Valley Campground and Resort just east of Steelville. These guys can float you on the Merrimack, the Hoosall, and the Curtaway. They have hundreds of canoes, great campground, great service, great facilities, huge camp stores, showers, and all that sort of thing that we would need for any float trip in that area of the Missouri Ozarks. Hey, I'm Bill Cooper. And this has been the Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast. The Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.